Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada, it's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. Hey, Unique Ngagwe here. First day in that silver and black to see the silver and black helmet. It's time to bring that old defense back, that nasty mentality. Not taking nothing from nobody. Let's go, Raider Nation. Well, I think what we're seeing right now is, you know, a lot of the practice has been an individual where we've gone full speed. The walkthroughs have been just that, walkthroughs. But just his uh, picking up the concepts, his attention to detail has been very impressive. Uh, we look forward to see his athleticism in this mini camp that we're about to have. But, uh, you know, the arrow's going up just as far as his learning the, the defense and, and picking up some of the new concepts we're teaching. Well, I think that's a big thing. You know, he's got really good range. Uh, appears like we saw an individual and on tape. You know, that ability to cover from sideline to sideline. Good instincts, not only the speed to do it, but the, just understanding the defense and how it falls into play for him and when he can take chances. Uh, he's also got to be a guy that takes really good angles for us in the tackling part of it. You know, if a guy breaks through the line when you are a single safety middle team, he's got to be that eraser type tackle. And I've been very impressed with the angles and uh, how, how fast he's picked up on that. It's kind of headed in that direction. Uh, we'll be the Raiders starting free safety uh, when the season opens up against the Baltimore Ravens September 13th on Monday night at Allegiant Stadium, although that's not etched in stone. Uh, Gus Bradley has also talked about, and I reported this uh, late last week, um, there's some other Young Raider safeties, Tyree Gillespie in particular, the rookie from Missouri, uh, who's making some noise and who could push his way into either a starting role or maybe uh, the rotation, uh, a more prominent role than perhaps originally thought. Tyree Gillespie is uh, showing the Raiders. Uh, let's, let's put it this way. He's opening up some eyes earlier probably than expected, and that is a good thing. Uh, could Trayvon be uh, in danger of maybe not being the starter or maybe Jonathan Abram uh, over at the box safety. Whatever does happen, if Tyree Gillespie does force his way into the lineup earlier than expected, that's a good problem uh, for the Raiders to have. It means they hit on somebody that they drafted in the fourth round um, and they, they may have found a hidden gem. Uh, with Tyree, but we'll let it all kind of play out. Tomorrow is a big day uh, for the Raiders. I know it's just the middle of June. I know it's just minicamp, uh, but minicamp is kind of like the Super Bowl of the offseason. It's sort of the culmination of all the work that uh, teams have uh, put in through the course of the league uh, or uh, all across the league over these last two, two and a half months or so. Uh, it culminates with minicamp. Uh, some teams had it last week. Other teams like the Raiders begin their minicamp this week. It's a two, three-day um, situation. Kind of replicates what the team is going to see in training camp later on in July. That's kind of what everything has been geared toward. We, the media, myself included, will be uh, at practice uh, tomorrow through Thursday, getting a chance to really get a, a even uh, closer look at the Raiders because I think we're going to be in practice a little bit longer than we had during OTAs. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to see some 11 on 11, seven on sevens really want to see 
what that safety situation looks like, who starts uh, the day with the number ones. I want to see who lines up at perimeter cornerback. Is it going to be uh, Casey Hayward, the veteran pickup that the Raiders uh, brought in uh, a month ago? Is it going to be Damon Arnett? Does one of those players play the slot? We know that the Raiders have an opening at slot cornerback. So these are some questions that we all uh, have been thinking about, talking about, contemplating, uh, trying to provide answers for. Uh, even tomorrow when we get out there, it's not going to be the final definitive answer. Obviously, there's a whole training camp uh, to go through. But I think where guys line up tomorrow will give you a pretty good idea of where the Raiders are leaning uh, in some pretty critical positional battles. Safety, outside cornerback, slot cornerback. Those are the three positions that right now uh, are the most pressing, I think, for the Raiders. I think everywhere else, they're fairly... Uh, They're in good shape. I think they have a pretty good idea of what they want to do. Yes, over at wide receiver, uh, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards. Where do they fit in with John Brown and Willie Sneed, the two newcomers, uh, veterans that the Raiders signed, um, interior defensive line, uh, how that's all going to shape up uh, with the additions of Solomon Thomas, with the additions of Darius uh, Patterson, or excuse me, Darius um, uh, Stills, Darius Phylon, um, you know, Quinton uh, Jefferson, there's a lot of some moving pieces, but I think all of that's going to get sorted out. There's going to be a rotation along that defensive line, Yannick Ngakwe included, Max Crosby, Clee Farrell, uh, Malcolm Kuntz. Uh, we could go on and on. But I think the good news for the Raider fans is think about all these names that I'm naming. Guys that you can visualize out on the field, guys that you could project being um, you know, playing big roles for a Raider defense that desperately must get better than it did last year than it played last year if the Raiders can get that side of the ball turned around even just moderately it doesn't even have to be dramatically or um, you know uh, like some complete overhaul overturn it just needs to get a little bit better in some key areas especially and if so this narrative about the Raiders changes completely by the way you are in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador we want your calls 702-365-9200 I want to know what your thoughts are on what has happened to this point uh, the Raiders have gone through almost an entire offseason obviously the draft obviously free agent they've tinkered with the roster they've made some significant upgrades uh, they've added a bunch of new players uh, they feel like they've gotten steps forward physically and mentally um, from some of their key young players. They feel like they're in a position to get this thing on the right track uh, in a way that's meaningful, not just through the first half of the season where they've been a pretty good team these last couple of years, but more importantly, that second half of the season that's kind of sabotaged their last two years. Uh, so I want your call, 702-365-9200. It is hot here in Las Vegas. Uh, I mean, when I say hot, obviously, June, Las Vegas, well, what do you expect, right? But, I mean, I'm, it's intense, intense heat going on right now. Uh, and as a result, tomorrow when the Raiders open minicamp, uh, the, the whole 10.30 a.m. practice time that they had uh, been been utilizing over these last three weeks during phase three of OTAs, that's gone. <laughs> that's done with. Uh, the Raiders are going to be getting on the field at the ungodly hour of 7.30 a.m. Uh, it's just what you got to do uh, here at this time of year. I know uh, some fans have been asking me on Twitter, well, they have the indoor facility. Yes, they have the indoor facility. No question about it. And it does come in handy from time to time. But you got to look at it this way, guys. 
there's 90 players on the roster right now. Remember, the regular season roster is 53. That's basically half, uh, a little bit uh, more than half of what they have right now on their roster. The indoor facility is a, a the, the space is a, a football field and a half. Um, which that's a lot of space, but it's not enough space for 90 players, a whole coaching staff, uh, a whole support staff during this time of year uh, when you're separating positional groups uh, all over a big field, which the outdoor field uh, is is the equivalent of three football fields. So you do the math. Um, there's, there's much more space in order to spread things out during the early part of practices uh, when the defensive linemen are over here and the cornerbacks are over here and the linebackers are doing their thing. You've got blocking sleds out there. You've got tackling dummies out there. You've got quarterbacks throwing to wide receivers and tight ends. You've got an offensive line way over here. Uh, and then as the day gradual or the practice gradually unfolds, then all of a sudden the offense pairs up uh, with, with themselves, the entire offense. Uh, and then you've got the entire defense over on this side of the field or that field. And then eventually they all come together on one field to practice together. But you can imagine that early first you know, 45 minutes of the practice, they need all the space that they can get. And the indoor facility just isn't conducive to that. It's it's good during the season when it gets a little too hot or a little too cold or maybe it rains or whatever the case might be. There's inclement weather. Uh, you can move the operation inside, and they often do. Uh, but at that point, there's only 53 players, so it's 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 much uh, few you know way fewer players uh, than than you're dealing with right now. So they need the space. That's why they need to be out in the outdoor field, and that's why they have to start practice uh, at 7:30 a.m. and um, you know, do I like that? Not necessarily, but you know what? It's football. Uh, get a chance to get a really good up-close look at where the Raiders are right now. Uh, a more detailed look, uh, like I mentioned. Uh, I think we're going to have more access to practice uh, tomorrow and uh, through Wednesday. So I'm really looking forward to it. They could do it at 5 o'clock in the morning. You know Vinny B is going to be there uh, reporting everything and getting you guys uh, all the information. Before I go any further... Just want to give a shout out to two new friends, uh, Jeff Warren and Wayne Carl, uh, Carls. They are the uh, masterminds <laughs> behind uh, Demon Run. It's a uh, it's 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 a, a line of rum uh, that's been around for a little while, um, but they're trying to uh, you know uh, grow and expand and do everything that a great company uh, likes to do. And uh, had a great lunch with them today over at the Barcode uh, here in Las Vegas. By the way, Barcode Burgers. I'm just saying, if you're in town, check it out. <laughs> it is. It was a heck of a burger today, and I'm just saying, I I, I'm, I like my burgers. I was really impressed with the barcode burger uh, today. So it's a great little spot here in Las Vegas, um, kind of a sports bar feel to it, but tremendous food uh, and tremendous company. Talking to uh, to Jeff and Wayne uh, from uh, from from Demon Rum, and I got a chance to taste uh, some of their products, or as they call it, uh, unleash the demon. <laughs> um, I had to do the show today. It was the middle of the afternoon, so I wasn't able to unleash the demon in full force. Maybe at some point, who knows, maybe after the show, uh, that will happen. Uh, but I got enough of a taste uh, earlier today of what they're doing. Uh, and that includes the uh, Demon Rum uh, Unleashed, uh, the Demon uh, Chopa Cocoa, uh, which a uh, nice little cocoa or excuse me, um, coconut flavor uh, to it. Uh, they're doing really good work and they put out a great product. It was a lot of fun meeting them today and having lunch with them today. Uh, and shout out to the staff uh, at Barcode. They kept 
bringing new uh, uh, drinks that they were concocting right on the spot. You talk about uh, some creativity that was going on. Uh, the bar staff at Barcode, um, just without us even knowing, without us even asking, without us even giving any suggestions, uh, including uh, Jeff and Wayne, and, and it's their product. Uh, they were uh, just whipping up some really good, tasty drinks. Um, and uh, once we get uh, the ingredients and how it all works, uh, I'll be sure to uh, to tweet some stuff out for you because trust me when I say, you guys are going to like the run. So Jeff uh, and, and Wayne, uh, really appreciate the time today. A couple of dudes from the great state of Wisconsin and uh, really enjoyed meeting them. And uh, hopefully it's something that, uh, a relationship that can t- continue uh, to grow. So uh, Demon Rum, it's here in town. Uh, you can go to Lee's Liquors, XO Liquors. There's some places around town. I'll get some other uh, names of some places uh, where you could pick it up here locally um, and also nationally. I'll get a, a website out there to you guys uh, today. So I uh, really appreciate that you guys enjoyed meeting and talking to you. Uh, but obviously, big news for tomorrow. Again, as I mentioned, I know it's just June. You know, things, there's 90 players out there right now. A lot can change between now and training camp, let alone the season. Uh, but having done this a while now, mini camps are, I think, more important than people uh, think. And it's, it's a lot of teaching has gone on these, this last two months, basically. The entire off-season program, remember, there was phase one where it was just classroom work, and then the teams were able to get into the weight room with the supervision of the strength and conditioning coaches, but you couldn't actually talk or or work on the field uh, with like John Gruden and Rod Marinelli and Gus Bradley, the players I'm talking about. Then you moved into phase two, and you're able to get on the field with your coaches, but there was no work between the offense and the defense. So it was just individual groups doing their individual things. Um, And then three weeks ago, phase three uh, was phased into uh, the equation. And phase three was, you know, still the meeting, still the weight room work. um, But then also being able to take what you learn in the classroom and put it to work right there on the field. Offense gets to work with defense, so there's more of a football feel to it, a competitive feel to it. You start being able to look at certain players. Nope, there's no pads and there's no tackling and there's none of that. Um, but it's if you talk to coaches, and obviously that's what I do, uh, what, what they're looking for, what they're keying in on in a lot of cases, uh, let's take you know linebackers or, or safeties, uh, defensive backs, are you where you need to be? Are you reading the coverage correctly? Do you know what your drop is in that particular look? Do you know where you're supposed to be in cover one, cover two, uh, or, or that particular look, or this particular package? Uh, again, and we talked about this last year, what was critically lost to the Raiders and everybody else, uh, but I just feel like some teams felt the wrath a little bit more, and specifically the younger teams, and the Raiders were one of the youngest defenses in the NFL last year. What was lost by not having this time of year was the element of taking what you learned in the classroom and immediately taking it to the football field. And when I say immediately, I mean like within minutes, a half an hour, you know, you're learning in the classroom, you're being taught what to do. And each day is, is, is something different that they're uh, installing, implementing teaching. So it's not, completely overwhelming. They do a good job of kind of spacing it all out uh, so that they're teaching in a moderate, 
level uh, segmented uh, so that it's not overwhelming because it can uh, very much get overwhelming. But then you take what you learned that day and you apply it to the football field. And how many times have we talked about uh, on this show about what coaching really is? It's teaching, right? Um, That's what coaches do by definition. They teach. Yes, they motivate. Uh, yes, they call games eventually. You know, when, when it gets to game time, um, you know, John Gruden is calling the plays. Gus Bradley is calling the defensive looks. So you, and you know, they're, they're helping um, with players, pulling them aside saying, Hey, this is what we're seeing upstairs. What are you seeing? So there's a lot of that going on in the game, but, but 99%, that's just a small percentage, the game itself, everything that leads up to that really is teaching and the good ones the good teachers the good coaches understand that everybody learns differently and what was i believe lost last year by not being able to have otas because of covid19 and not being able to be in the same building and not being able to have coaches interacting with players in any real way aside from zoom classes which you know um, you can only take things so far on Zoom, um, and there's there's a lack of human interact or interaction and connection when you're talking to somebody on a computer screen. And there's I, John Gruden talked uh, about hearing dogs barking in the background, wives yelling at husbands, little kids uh, coming in, uh, running into the, into the uh, uh, camera. Um, you know, so, so you can see little kids running around, dogs, uh, foul ups, people not uh, pressing the mute button. There are all kinds of issues. So can you only imagine uh, when you're a football coach and you're teaching, whether it's your position group, which is 10 players minimum, depending on what the position is, but then you're, defensive coordinator uh, talking to, you know, 30 uh, players and same with the offensive coordinator and John Gruden, it can get, there's just only so far you can go with it. All right. Um, And only you're not able to look at the the player in the eyes to see, you know, how like, you know, when you're, when you're in a classroom, let's say, all right. And the teacher's going, are you getting it? Do you understand it? And I know in my case, I was horrible in math. I'm just, going to be straight up with it and no matter how much i nodded yeah i'm getting it or saying yeah i'm getting it they're looking me in the eye they go no you're not you know they could tell just by looking at the lack of confidence that i was expressing uh yes i am or the uncertainty that they obviously picked up on uh and and when they notice that they're able to say come on now you know let's let's get this figured out well it's the same thing with coaches and you know they're looking at their players do you understand it and it's one thing on Zoom to say, yeah, I, I got it, coach. I understand it. Okay, move on to the next thing, right? Um, it's a whole other when when you're a coach and you can look the guy in the eye and say, are you really getting this? Okay, then spit it back to me. Talk to me. Uh, explain it to me. Let alone, you know, when you get on the field and it all plays out uh, in, a, in real time, in real situations where you're going, okay, we talked about – uh, this is the zone defense that we have here. When you see the offense come out in 12 personnel or 11 personnel or 22 personnel, where are you supposed to line up? What's your drop? How many yards do you drop back? What's your steps? You know, how many steps are you uh, are you moving back or moving to this side or that side? What are you telling your teammate? You know, what are you verbalizing uh, to to your uh, to, to to the cornerback in front of you? All that was lost to the Raiders last year, and I'm not trying to make any excuses because excuses are over with but 
a reasonable person can say, all right, let's look at the situation here. All right. The Raiders offense was very veteran oriented. You had a quarterback in Derek Carr going into his third year under the system with, with uh, um, John Gruden. You had an established piece in tight end, um, Darren Waller. You had a veteran offensive line. Um, you had a lot of things that were in place where, hey, if you weren't going to be able to have all the tools that you normally have, i.e. an off-season program uh, where you're laying a foundation, if you're not going to be able to have that, if that is not at your disposal, the veteran teams are better equipped to handle that, right? And the Raiders' offense was the most veteran unit of the two units, offense to defense, by far. Look at what the offense did last year. They scored the 10th most points in the NFL, even with an offensive line that played all of four snaps together last year. And that was literally the first four snaps of the season. But because they had veteran pieces along the offensive line and a veteran quarterback who is basically leading the way and a Darren, and Darren Waller, who even though he was only in his third year, has pretty much established himself um, as one of the savvy veterans of the NFL. They were able to pull it off in spite of not having an offseason to lay the foundation. Look what happened on defense. Seven new starters, a bunch of young players, probably maybe uh, one of the top Young, one of the youngest teams, three youngest teams, I'll say that, three youngest teams in the NFL. Look what happened to them. They fell apart. I mean, injuries played a role. COVID-19 played a role. I think uh, coaching, obviously they made a coaching change. That kind of tells you what you thought about the previous coaching staff uh, on defense. That played a role. But I also think that foundation was never set defensively due to a lack of an offseason. And I think that in key moments – whether you want to call it lack of familiarity, lack of teaching, lack of cohesiveness, lack of chemistry. In key moments last year, it reared its ugly head. Third and third downs, getting off the field late in games when the you know uh, the Raiders had a lead and the defense couldn't make a play to win those games, to close out three key games. That's where it hurt the Raiders most. And it was time and time and time again. Not making excuses. But I think things will be a little bit different this year, a little bit more sturdy, a little bit more cohesive, a little bit more connected defensively because of what the Raiders are doing right now, exactly right now as we speak. And it all culminates this week with that mandatory minicamp. Um, looking forward to seeing the progress that's been made up till this point uh, and where they stand as they start heading toward and pointing toward training camp. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We want your call 702-365-9200 on a hot, steamy, intense heat here in Las Vegas. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. 
Right. Well, you know, Max has done a great job in the offseason. I know in his mind he's been in the best shape he has been. Uh, he's lean. He's turned in for an alpha for us, you know, on the field and uh, brings tremendous leadership. So he's uh, a big attention to detail, but uh, he, just the way he goes about every day in practice and how he works with Coach Marinelli, Coach Smith, you know, on that defensive line, he can't get enough of him. He's really trying to refine every aspect. So in his mind, I think he is an every snap guy you know so and that's how we want it you know but he also knows for you know it's going to take everybody to go where we want to go that's Gus Bradley talking about Max Crosby uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador uh, real quick before we get to uh, our good friend Jesse Merrick uh, once again just wanted to say uh, or give a shout out uh, to two new friends uh, Jeff Warren and Wayne Carls uh, they are the masterminds the creative masterminds uh, behind uh, Demon Rum uh, it's a great product uh, I got a chance to have lunch with those two uh, today over at Barcode in Las Vegas shout out to Barcode uh, those burgers are legit uh, but Jeff and Wayne are on to something uh, really good, really special, and uh, got a chance to uh, to check out their products, uh, or as they say, unleash the demon. Couldn't unleash it full force, because obviously I have a radio show to do, but maybe after the show, uh, we'll be able to uh, unleash it, uh, unleash the demon uh, in, in full force. I uh, got a chance to check out the uh, Demon Rum, Rum Unleashed, uh, the Demon Tropa uh, Cocoa, which has a, a nice coconut flavor to it. Uh, we'll all be talking about it more uh, today and, and in the future, but uh, serious shout out to uh, Jeff Warren and Wayne Carls, a couple of good dudes from Wisconsin. They're on to something really, really special uh, with Demon uh, Rum. And uh, as the show goes on, I'll let you know uh, some places locally uh, that you could go uh, get it. But without further ado, we want to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend from Channel 3, the NBC affiliate here in Las Vegas, Jesse Merrick. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, Vinny, I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? Doing good. Uh, doing good. Got a chance to uh, to see Jesse over at the Von Miller Pass Rush Summit over the weekend. Um, it was kind of hot out there, but you know what, Jesse? I got to say, uh, learned a lot. <laughs> that access was pretty cool. Being able to uh, to stand as close as we were and and listen in uh, to some of the instructions that Demarcus Ware uh, and Von Miller were given to uh, a bunch of Von Miller's younger peers in the NFL. Kind of a cool event and an informative event. Yeah, it really was. I, I was there in 2019 when they did it over at UNLV out here as well, when Doug Flutie was there. So he was kind of giving the quarterback perspective in terms of how he goes about looking at rushers coming at him. And then again this year, it's kind of like you just nerd out, listen to these guys really dive into the ins and outs of pass rushing. And it's cool because I was talking to one of the other media members about this when we were there. You know, whether you're a fan or member, whatever it is, it's so easy to get that breakdown of, you know, quarterback play and things like that, or running back play, you know. But it's not very often you get to really dive into the details of pass rushing and, and hear what's going through these guys' minds. You know, that's not stuff that people break down too often. So to get that insight from a guy like Vaughn Miller, Demarcus Ware, and then having other guys in the league that are there, I mean, it was it was a really cool experience, and I love every year that they keep inviting me. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'm invited back next year if they do out here again. Yeah, and what's cool, and we talked to this uh, or talked to Vaughn uh, about this, and you know, we've been doing this a little while now so uh, i think it's it, it comes with the understanding that you know when uh, good pass rushers it's not always who's the fastest and who's the strongest although obviously that plays into it and that's a huge component in it in, in, in it uh but the other guys i.e offensive tackles uh, tight ends that come in and chip the guard that's going to double help double team you 
they're pretty good themselves in the NFL, and they're usually pretty athletic and pretty fast and pretty strong. Uh, and so, you know, uh, uh, pound for pound, they might be just as good as you are. So winning on that level when everything else uh, can be very, very comparable, uh, it takes it, – there's a, there's a mental side uh, to pass rushing. And I think that was what was coming across uh, when we were watching uh, those guys. And one of the pupils – being Max Crosby from the Raiders, who I give a lot of credit for giving up his weekend uh, to uh, come on over here. I know he lives nearby, uh, but that's not the point. Just understanding right in the middle of smack in the middle of OTAs on an off day for him ahead of minicamp, which starts tomorrow. Uh, he and Solomon Thomas and Darius still, or excuse me, Darius Phylon, uh, the Raiders' new uh, defensive tackles, were there as well. I think it says a lot about those guys, Max uh, Crosby in particular, that he's trying to get to another level and is leaving no stone unturned to get there. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I'm also not surprised, and I don't think you are either, that, that Max was there because uh, if I remember right, he was the guy that when he had COVID, you know, they were saying when he was at home, he was beating the crap out of the palm trees in his backyard, you know, doing D-line moves on those. So, I mean, that tells you all you need to know about the guy. So I think, you know, he's going to take any opportunity he can to get better and, and to meet and kind of melt minds with a guy like Vaughn Miller where he can dive into the details like that and, and just seeing them go through those minute things where it's literally – it's in, inch here or there, you know, with your footing and things like that, or the way that they're chopping and ripping past guys and things like that. I mean, it is so minute. And I actually heard Max talking to one of the high school kids that was there, uh, what I thought was really cool. You know, just giving him encouragement and stuff like that. But he basically told him, you know, when you're going through the course of the game, like, don't get frustrated if what you're doing hasn't started working yet. Keep doing it throughout the game. And eventually in the second half is when those things are going to come and change when the other guy gets tired and you're staying on your details, staying with those quick little moves, things like that, and really paying attention to the ins and outs of that stuff. And he even said, he's like, look at my career. That's where most of my sacks have come in the second half. And, uh, you know, that was like a kind of an aha, like, oh, duh, moment, because Max is one of those guys that has such a footer that we hear about that hearing him explain that is like, oh, yeah, the guy just doesn't ever stop, and that's where he takes advantage with his technique, uh, you know, in the second half of games and starts getting those sacks and beating the tackles. And I'm glad you uh, mentioned uh, the second half and late in games. By the way, we're talking to Jesse Merrick uh, from local uh, Channel 3, the uh, local NBC affiliate uh, here in Las Vegas. You could follow him at Jesse News 3LV. I'm glad you mentioned uh, the second half, late in games, being tired, all of that, because I think, especially in Max Crosby's case, and really throughout the defensive line of the Raiders, there was a point of emphasis on the part of the Raiders to get deeper along the defensive line. We don't know how it's all going to shake out in terms of who starts and all that stuff. I don't think it really matters, to be honest. I think who's going to be on the field late in games is what's always the most telling uh, aspect of that. But I think by the moves that the Raiders made, they and obviously guys have to pan out, guys have to produce, but they've put themselves in a position that at the end of games and even deeper into the season, they're going to be uh, in better physical condition because they're going to be able to manage snaps a little bit because that rotation looks on paper anyway like it's a little bit deeper than it has been in years past. And I think that's going to benefit a Max Crosby who I feel like played too many snaps last year. The efficiency level you know, uh, lessened as a result. Uh, I think that's going to change for him even though it might mean him playing less. Yeah, I also agree with that as well. You know, they added so much depth 
you know, where you get guys like Max that gets, you know, maybe his snap count is going to be taken down a bit, but at the end of the day, like you said, he's going to be fresher. And a guy that's already got the motor that he has, that he can go out there and he feels like he's good, like that he's not dragging to try and make sure and get going. I mean, that's where, again, late in the game, when you're going up against that same offensive lineman, but you got three guys that you've been cycling through in there, being able to get a fresh body up against that guy, that's where it's really going to help them to be able to get those sacks that they've been lacking over the years. So I think it does nothing but help the Raiders to have that. Again, like you mentioned, they do have to hit on some guys. Like at the end of the day, if they don't hit, then this is all for nothing, and they're going to have the same issues that they've had. But the biggest fact of getting the depth, guys with high upside, the new coaching staff that's going to come in there, coach them up, maybe get some better coaching, get those minute details kind of hemmed in and, and get a better understanding of the scheme and go out there and do what you do best. That was one thing that Vaughn even said, uh, you know, when we were talking to him after as well, is at the end of the day, like, you're pass rushing. You know, you can do all the different moves and things like that, but at the end of the day, it's rip, chop, and get the quarterback. So, like, if you've got a guy that's fresh that can go out there and do that, down in and down out, and you're cycling through guys, that's going to be uh, not fun for an offensive lineman over the course of the game. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, and we're talking to Jesse Merrick, who I am assuming – is on his way to T-Mobile. Am I correct? Did I did I uh, call that correctly or there already? I am. I'm on my way. I don't know if you guys can tell him in the car right now driving out there. It's all good. I've been there a million times. Uh, you sound fantastic, so don't worry about that. Um, so I, I say that because I don't know if you got the email. Actually, I don't even know if the Raiders have sent the email out yet, but I'm pretty sure you know that uh, practice starts at 7.30 a.m. tomorrow. Are you going to be a madman and, uh, and and do both? Am I going to see you tomorrow bright and early at Henderson after a long, what's probably going to be a long night tonight for game one of the uh, Stanley Cup? Uh, what is it? A semifinal? What are they calling this these days? Because they, they changed everything on me. So I don't even know. Is this a, yeah. uh, the this one, we, we're call, I'm calling this one the semifinal. It would normally be the Western Conference Championship, you know, or Western Conference Final, I mean. But I, I'm going with semifinals because that's, at the end of the day, that's what it is. But, uh, yeah, to answer your question, I'm a madman. I don't like sleep. So when I get home at about 1 a.m. this morning, I'll be waking up probably around 6 a.m. and meeting you over there at the Raiders facility to be there at 7.30 for, uh, for minicamp practice number one. All right, so what do you expect to happen tonight, and what are you looking forward to seeing tomorrow? Well, the big thing that's interesting tonight in terms of this game, the Knights are 0-3 in their last three game ones in the playoffs here. So they've got to get a quick start, which is cliche, because that's what every single team in every single sport says. But it's really imperative to do it here, especially against a team of like Montreal, who you know shouldn't be here, is what a lot of people would say about them. They would finish fourth in the North Division, they beat a couple teams that a lot of people thought they shouldn't have, and they've rattled off seven straight wins. And you don't want to give a team like that any sort of hope or whatever thing to. So you got to come out and bury them. I was actually listening to JT the Brick earlier today, and he was saying, you know, you got to get a 5-1, 6-1 win over these guys, like, right out of the gates to kind of show them, hey, we're the top dogs. We're the ones that are supposed to be here. You're not. So I'm looking for the Knights to come out hot. You know, that top line, that, or the top six, really, of the Golden Knights are the ones that have to come through. But uh, to answer your question about tomorrow, I'm real curious to see Unique Ngakwe, man. We haven't actually seen him yet because obviously he wasn't there at OTA. So just to get you know, my own eyes on him to see him in person. I've watched him in games before, but to see the guy out on the field in a Raiders uniform with his teammates, there's something different when you see a guy like that. You can get a better read on uh, you know, who they're going to be in terms of a player. 
And if you follow him on social media, the dude looks yoked right now. I don't know if you've seen the pictures that uh, Unique has sent out there, but it, it, you know, people have been asking me. I'm sure you're getting the same answers or the same questions. Why isn't Unique at OTAs? I'm like, if you watch his uh, or if you follow him, him on social media, he's not wasting any time. Uh, he's not, you know, just whittling his time away from the facility. Dude is putting some serious time in the weight room right now. Yeah, the guy's doing something right. I mean, he's pretty shredded. So I think I think we'd all be pretty well off if we all looked like that dude. So I don't think we were one to really say, oh, why wasn't he there? Why wasn't he there? Like, he's clearly putting in the work. The guy's going to be ready to go. And in the day, you know, they're optional activities. This is the mandatory one. He's here. He's going to put in the work. And uh, I'm excited to see that guy out there. All right, Jesse, um, I'll have the coffee ready for you tomorrow morning, uh, so don't worry about that. Um, enjoy tonight. Go uh, Golden Knights. Get that uh, uh, pivotal game one over the Montreal Canadiens and sh- t- you know show them who's boss. Uh, that's where we're rooting for um, for tonight. Uh, take care of yourself, uh, and we'll see you bright, at, bright and early tomorrow morning uh, out in Henderson. All right. Thanks, Vinny. I'll appreciate the time, man. I'll catch you tomorrow. All right, you got it. That's Jesse Merrick uh, from Channel 3 here in Las Vegas, the NBC affiliate, uh, doing the work uh, on his way uh, over to T-Mobile Arena to uh, catch Game 1 of the uh, Golden Knights against the Montreal Canadiens in the uh, Stanley Cup semifinals. Remember, there's no Western Eastern Conference anymore because if there was... We could do the math here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, no uh, geography major, but uh, Montreal's not in the West Western uh, Conference, right? So uh, we can definitely uh, put that put that to bed. So uh, most important of all, the Golden Knights are one step away from returning to the Stanley Cup for the second time in three years. I know it's a mind blower, but that's exactly what the Golden Knights are facing. Uh, four more wins, and they punch their ticket to their second uh, Stanley Cup final uh, in three years. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We'll catch you on the other side. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Well, Gillespie, I mean, we're right now we're, we're talking about some open competition at all those spots, you know, huh? especially at the free safety spot, you know. So we're just taking a look at everybody. It's still early, but he's been impressed. We know that he's going to be a very, very talented special teams player. We know he's He'll bring that. But I've been impressed with how fast he has picked things up, too. Uh, this has been so beneficial for all those younger guys, the ability to get out in the field, even though many of the reps are walked through, just to see how fast they pick things up. He's been impressive, too. Now, we really like what we see from him. Getting kind of fired up, i got to admit it. Uh, I know, again, it's only mid-June, it's only mini-camp. But, you know, mini-camps in the NFL are kind of, it's like the Super Bowl of the offseason. You really get a chance, especially us in the media, and I'll be there bright and early tomorrow morning at 7.30 at the practice facility in Henderson, getting a look of where the Raiders stand uh, right now. And it's going to be a more intimate look than we've gotten during OTAs, from what I understand. Uh, the full practices uh, on the outdoor end of things are going to be uh, open uh, to us. So I'm assuming we're going to be able to see some, uh, you know, 11 on 11 type stuff, first team offense, first team defense, uh, even though it's without pads and all that good stuff. Um, we're going to be able to get a good chance to to see who lines up where and on what team, first team, second team, um, all that type of stuff. It's it's it's, you know, not the most important thing. 
Training camp obviously isn't a month away than the regular season, but everything is pointing toward that. And to be able to get a good look at where the Raiders are right now uh, after an entire offseason program, something they didn't have last year, uh, is truly beneficial. And I'm looking forward to it. By the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Want your calls, 702 702- 365-9200. And um, along those lines, don't forget, I've been telling you guys about this uh, now for a couple of weeks. Uh, Aloha Fridays over at Michael T's restaurant here in Las Vegas, one of our really good friends. Um, Embajador Tequila, Michael T's, uh, put on a show every Friday night over at Michael T's. It's from 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. Yes, we're in Las Vegas. Uh, never forget that. It's Aloha Fridays. Uh, the 9 p.m. Uh, to 12 a.m. phase of it is live Hawaiian music. Uh, and then there's a karaoke uh, segment with a Hawaiian DJ uh, from midnight to 3 a.m. Um, so great food, great music, great singing. Well, sometimes great singing. We'll see uh, with the karaoke uh, end of it. But a lot of fun, no question about it. And, of course, uh, all kinds of Embajador tequila, uh, various different drinks uh, that they mix over at Michael T's uh, with that great product. Um, So Michael T's, Friday nights, every Friday night, 9 p.m. to 3 a.m., Aloha Fridays. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, You know that our good friends over at Embajador, Embajador Tequila know how to throw a party, uh, and they never, ever disappoint. And by the way, can't wait to share with you guys some of the details, some of the plans that we have uh, for the upcoming season. I know last year was a little bit weird. I've never gone through anything like it. I know the fans have never gone through anything like it. Uh, But COVID-19 decided that uh, it was going to dictate a lot of what happened last year. And unfortunately, because of it, uh, restaurants had to close down. you know, uh, and, and not be able to be open uh, to, to full uh, capacity or even welcoming in um, uh, patrons at all uh, for, for part of that time. And of course, nobody was able to go to the stadium over at Allegiant Stadium. And when I tell you that stadium is beautiful, uh, take my word for it. I can't wait to see you guys uh, out at games this year, whether we're at Allegiant Stadium or in Kansas City or in Pittsburgh or wherever the Raiders go, we'll be there. I'm really looking forward to seeing the opposing team's fans that come in here to Allegiant Stadium when we go to Kansas City and, and at various other spots, seeing um, you know the show that those fans put on uh, for their teams, but also wherever I go, wherever I travel uh, on the Raiders beat, Raider fans are always there. Um, and so we're, we're, we're going to put together um, some special events here in Las Vegas uh, before games, the day before games. And uh, you know if you guys are up to it, when we go out on the road, maybe the Saturday night before a road game, if Raider fans are there, maybe we can plan some hookups where we all get together and just have some fun, enjoy each other's company, uh, watch some college football on a Saturday night, talk about the next day's game. Um, but I know Embajador Tequila is really fired up uh, about uh, setting some things up uh, for all of us to really have some fun and bond and get to know each other because at the end of the day, I know this is extremely serious. There's no doubt about it. And the stakes are high. The Raiders want to take that next step. Uh, Their Raider Nation is starving for a winner, starving for the playoffs. Uh, Everybody is uh, at high-level anxiety right now for that to happen. The players, the coaches, uh, the building over in Henderson, the fans, everybody. I understand that. But at the end of the day, it's still just a bunch of fun. We're talking about football uh, and we can all enjoy it and we can all each enjoy each other's company. Uh, and I can't wait to get into some of the details and some of the plans uh, that we have in store. But 
hearing Gus Bradley uh, just now talk about Tyree Gillespie. You know, sometimes, um, and here, here's here's a here's a good example. Uh, there was a young Rams player at um, the uh, the uh, Von Miller's uh, pass rush summit over the weekend, and he, as it turns out, um, he was a uh, undrafted free agent um, for the Rams from Boston College, right? And I'm watching him throughout the whole day I cover the Rams. So, you know, I took a little bit of an interest in him. Um, but honestly, it was because he was playing really well. He was really attentive. Uh, he was really into it. Um, he, he flashed, uh, you know, quite a bit. I mean, no, it was just a, a teaching. It was like a day in the classroom with Von Miller being the teacher, but it was actually, you know, out on the field. And here's this kid, Max Roberts, as it turns out, uh, from Boston College, an undrafted free agent uh, with the Rams, who I thought looked like he belonged, was asking a bunch of questions, was just being a good student and a willing learner. You know, and I, I, I just, you know, checked in with some of my Rams folks and said, hey, you know, uh, who's, who's Max Roberts? Well, long story short, you know, as it turns out, in their eyes, he was one of the stars of OTAs and, and minicamp, their minicamp, you know, and I, I'm not surprised after seeing what I saw uh, on, on Saturday. So, you know, things like that happen dur even during OTAs and without pads, but just how um, in tune somebody is, how attentive somebody is, what they're doing, how they're taking what they're learning into the classroom uh, and applying it on the field, how they're interacting with veteran players, uh, how they're handling their business, all of those things can stand out this time of year in a way that makes a positive impression with the coaches, with the decision makers. And guess what? That's who you have to, you know, that's your audience at this time of year. That's who you're trying to impress. You're also trying to um, earn the respect of your peers. You're also starting trying to create confidence within your own self. But Truly, and let's face it, this is what this kind of business is all about. You know, you want to um, impress your bosses, right? And so to hear Gus Bradley talk now about Tyree Gillespie, it sure sounds to me like he's hitting the right notes, like he's impressing the right people. Again, there's a long way to go. And even my Rams people said, uh, you know, uh, we'll see what, what happens from here on out. And that's always the key. Everything is always moving forward. I don't care who you are. Could be Aaron Donald. You still have to go out there and produce because if you don't, that's, you know, then, then you, you're no longer the Aaron Donald that we all know and, and, and love and respect. You still have to go out there on a game-to-game -game basis and produce. But there's certain points along the way where so far so good and i think in tyree gillespie's case the young safety from missouri he's opened up an, uh, enough eyes to this point where it is one of those so far so good type of situations now he has to carry it to the next level uh, which is minicamp which starts tomorrow a little bit higher intensity uh, and then of course training camp a month later where it's on you know what i'm saying like it is on uh, in training camp they'll put the pads on at some point they'll get after it at a little higher level and then of course preseason games are right around the corner so lights are on you're going you're you, it's the tackling the physicality all of that things that make football great get introduced you got to show up and produce uh, and, and, and be good in that setting as well. But the so far to so good point 
is important. It's not something that you could just gloss over. And it sure seems like Tyree Gillespie is one of those so far so good stories here with the Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Give us a call, 702-365-9200.